Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Promises of God that where you can't quite put a finger on exactly what to believe, you can believe this. And so I want to read several scriptures to us at a time like this. You know, the coronavirus has, has the world, uh, as it were, especially the United States, in a place that in my lifetime uh, we've never been before where we're actually thinking about considering uh, this thing that is invisible uh, but is affecting, uh, mentally affecting so many people. Um, I thought about it in this vein and, and I, you know, and it might be a little premature, but I thought about it in, the, in this vein of the lepers that were outside of the gate and the Syrian army was there and the Syrian army uh, heard some kind of rumbling, some kind of noise and the lepers were sitting there and they said, um, why sit we here till we die? And so they said, if, they, if we go to the Syrian camp, if they kill us, they kill us. But why sit we here and die doing nothing? And so they went down to the Syrian camp, and when they went down to the Syrian camp, they found that the whole camp was emptied. No one was there. And so they gathered up all of the goods that the uh, Syrian army had left there, food and uh, jewels and clothing and everything, and it was it was like the best day ever for these Syrian. I mean, for these lepers. And he said, "You know, why should we enjoy all of this ourselves? Let's go back and tell other people that are that are that are, are in famine, that are are hurting, and let's tell them what we have gained." And so I see the Syrian camp kind of like that, where the Syrians are running. They're running and fleeing for something that is really invisible, it, it, but it was real to them. And, and whatever your reality is, if it's real enough, you're going to act on it. And so they acted on it, but it also was a day of opportunity for others. And I believe it's a day of opportunity for the church, for us to stand up and, and say, this is what we believe, and to rise above, uh, uh, to, to, to honor um, you know, the, the fears, as it were, or not necessarily honor them, but, but to be respectful of people's, people's fears and, and their precautions and, and do the very same thing. Gen, uh, Jeremiah 29 talks about uh, blessing, uh, go into the city, live there, and bless the people there. And I believe that's what we're called to do, is to bless the people who are, who are not in covenant with God, who, who are not where we are relative to faith and what we're believing, and to stand strong and say, we're here to support you, and, and we're here to believe God with you, and, and hopefully this will be a day in which people will come uh, to know that things in the natural can end like that. How many ever thought that things would come to a halt? Sporting events would just not be, you know? Uh, you'd never thought that. But just like that. But the Bible tells us this. He says, but we do not look at those things which what? Can be seen, but at the things which cannot be seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Have we not seen that? Everything was temporary. I mean, everything was subject to change through a, a news announcement, through a phone call. All of these things changed just like that. But there's one thing that didn't change. 
When I looked at my Bible, it was still the same. Promises hadn't changed. They hadn't um, turned and, and, and in, uh, you know, they hadn't um, uh, lost or, or they become invisible. Look at the page and it's Psalms 91 is still there. Have you looked at your Bible lately? Is Psalms 91 still there? Psalms 91 is still in the Bible, right? He is our refuge and our fortress, our God, in him we trust. Surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Under his wings shall we take refuge. He will not allow our foot to be stumbled. He will put his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. That's still in the Bible. And so are the scriptures that we're going to share this morning. A view from above. All right? A view from above. I wouldn't tell you to look at your neighbor and say that, but I was, at, uh, I was admonished by our good friend Rod Allison not to tell your neighbor to do that. So don't look at your neighbor. Just look at me and say, a view from above. And if you're watching by, by online, say that uh, with your people, a view from above. So I want to read several scriptures to you, and then we're going to talk about what that means exactly. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10 says this. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress or a strong tower. The godly run to him and are safe. Now remember those words, the godly run. Everyone say run. Run to him and are safe. The godly run to him and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Now when I think of a fortress, I think of a walled city. Not only do I think of a walled city, but I think of a walled city that sets up high. One of the reasons uh, Jerusalem was such an ideal place for, uh, for David is because it set up high. It was difficult to get into. So they, when he's looking out over the land, he's able to look out and say where everyone is coming from before they can get to him. He had a view from above. That's why the, David, the city of David, Jerusalem, is such a powerful place to be relative to military forces because it sets high and you have a wide view. All right? So remember that, uh, that they run. Everybody say run one more time. Remember, that's a key word here. They run to him and are saved. Uh, Psalms 125 and verse 1 and 2 says... Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. Those who trust in the Lord are secure as Mount Zion. Now, uh, mountains are what? Mountains are big, they're, they're wide, and they're high, aren't they? Okay? And so that's what mountains are. We're going to continue on. I understand we have some, some technical difficulties here, but we'll just get it on and send it through the podcast. All right? So mountains are high, and we believe that they'll get it back up. Mountains are high, mountains are large, so there's a safety just embedded in, in a mountain, isn't there? You, you, don't, you might fear lions and tigers and bears on a mountain, but you don't fear people on a mountain, do you? You're up there high enough. No one's coming up there, are they? If you're on the top of the mountain, no one's coming up to get you. And so there's a safety 
that is embedded in being on a mountain. And there's a wide view. Whatever's going down below is not going on up top. And we have a wide view. We can see things from a distance uh, as they're coming. Number three, the fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So we got two words there that I want us to, to look at. Number one is trust and the other one is safe. Whoever trusts in the Lord are safe. Now that's, the, that's my big catch-all umbrella promise. The fear of man brings a snare. In other words, a, a trap or trembling or anxiety. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I use that when I don't know how any other scripture to use, any other promise to use. I use that particular promise. Those who trust in the Lord shall be what? Safe. That's an umbrella, isn't it? So I'm just saying, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord. I don't know what to do. I don't know what movement to make. I'm not sure if I should do this or do that. But I'm trusting the Lord. I believe in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. And so it's important for us to understand that that's an umbrella. So where where we're at right now in society, not everyone has that promise. Not everyone is thinking that way. But we do. We trust in the Lord. And that's all we really have, isn't it? There's, there's nothing else that we have that we can actually put our fingers on and say, well, I trust on this, or I trust in the government to help me out here. I, I trust in science to prove this right. I, some people are, though. Some, some people are trusting in science. Some people are trusting in the government. Oh, the government's not going to let us down, right? They're not going to let us down. But the word of God tells us, don't put your confidence in man. Nothing against man. It's not saying that man, God is, man is God's creation. God is just saying, don't put our confidence in man. Why? Because man can't do everything. Man can't accomplish everything. It's faulty thinking to put our confidence in man, in any man. That's why we have to put our trust in the Lord. And those who put their trust in the Lord are what? Amen. We're safe. And we'll just define that in just a minute. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. There's a word again, and there's another word, stronghold in the day of trouble. How many realize this is the day of trouble, isn't it? But what does he say? And he knows those who trust in him, a stronghold in the day of trouble. So though it's a day of trouble, trouble doesn't have to trouble us. It it is a day of trouble. There is trouble in the land. There is perilousness in the land. There, There are people who are extremely fearful right now. There is trouble. That is a fact. There's trouble in the land. But those who put their trust in the Lord are safe. Those who put their trust in the Lord, he is a stronghold for them in the day of trouble. It didn't say that they were troubled. It says in the day of trouble, he is their stronghold. That's separate from the trouble. Another scripture here. Psalms 115 and 11. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. 
That's a promise from God, isn't it? Now, this word shield is like this. Shield, it's a covering, obviously, but it's, it's, it's like crocodile hide. I love that. And that it's crocodile hide. And what, what do we know? We always, we deem crocodiles as having a, dip, a hard surface, a hard skin. Matter of fact, uh, Louis Vuitton, just thought I'd float, that they, they make their skin out of crocodile many times because it's flexible, it's durable, and it's strong, and it holds, and it can hold for a long time, which makes it valuable. Well, he's our shield. He's a protecting cover over us. Think about that just for a moment, just in light of where we are today. Isn't it wonderful to know that there is a shield round about us that is strong, that is powerful, now, obviously, we're not talking about going out and tempting the Lord our God and, and, and waiting and whatever and trying to get. No, we're talking about that wherever I go, when I'm walking even, he is a shield round about me. The Bible says the righteous is shielded with favor or with, with a shield that is like favor or favor like a shield. In other words, God surrounds us with favor like a shield. We should expect, we should expect to go through this time unscathed. We should expect there be, to be a covering over us. We should expect ourselves to be high and lifted up and above because we're the body of Christ. And so, these are uh, our promises. A few more that we're going to share, and then I'm going to share a story with you as well. Psalms 46 and verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Now, how many of you think that this, this, this thing that is out there now, whatever it may be, caught God by surprise? Like God and said, oh, Jesus, um, Holy Spirit, we need to have a meeting. There's something that is going on in the earth and we don't know about it. Um, what are we going to do? No. He, he is ready to intervene on our behalf. He's waiting for us to grant him permission so that he can get ahead of this on our behalf. And so, no, he's not convenient. He's, no, no, he's, he's already done something about it. He sent his son, Jesus. And when he sent his son, he says, and you now have been redeemed from the curse. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been set apart. We've been bought from. We're no longer a, a part of the system of the curse. Back in the old days, yeah, they were, they were, they were, there were curses that were going out. But he said for us, we've been redeemed from it. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it talks about all the curses that come, the botch, the itch, the scratch. The, the fevers, the, the plagues, all of that stuff is lifted categorically 
in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and he says we've been redeemed from all of that. In other words, we sit above all of that. The Bible tells us about faith. Faith is the victory. The word victory means Nike or means to overcome. It means to jump up over. We have the victory. We are above this. If we're in faith, that doesn't mean that every Christian is going to benefit from the promises of God. But those who will believe and walk in faith with the promises of God, they truly will be set apart. Does it mean that we will be attacked? Yeah, we'll be attacked. But that doesn't mean that we have to succumb to it. The Word of God has given us these promises to fight the enemy with. And we'll see that in just a minute. And it's more, it's more than just um, uh, praying to God, God help me. No, it's, it's, it's we are the body of Christ. And because we're the body of Christ, the Bible tells us that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And he also says that the authority that Jesus has, he has now given to us. We are the body of Christ. Now listen to this just a minute. If we detach your head from your body, then your head would be limited and your body would be limited, right? So when the Bible tells us he's the head and we're the body, it makes no sense to look at the body and the head as separate. Wherever the head is, so is the body. Now notice I just moved. Did my head stay over there? No, my head moved with my body. So if God says, according to Ephesians chapter 2 or chapter 1, it says that, that, um, that uh, we are, we are the, the body and it, it talks about us having the authority that's in Christ Jesus. He's given to the church. Well, don't just look at the plague. Speak to the plague. Don't just look at the disease and, and be worried and concerned and pray, God, do something. God, like I've done something. Now you execute it. Now you talk about it. Now you tell it where it needs to go. Tell it not to go to your house. Tell it to, to go somewhere else. Tell it to stay away from your children and your family. Tell it to stay from your, from your and it will obey you. Because there is, no, there is no name above the name of Jesus. Every other name has to respond to the word of God. Let's look at some more scriptures here. Last one. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly do what? They godly run, the same one, okay, I'm sorry, but this is good because it leads into this next part. The godly run to him and are safe. Now, this word safe is, a, is an interesting word. The, the word safe literally means set on high. The word safe means set on high. Set on high. What if birds were restricted to just the ground? Little bitty birds. What, what animal in the animal kingdom would be happy about birds being restricted to the ground? Yeah. Y'all seen the movie, what's the Tweety Bird and Sylvester, right? Sylvester would have a heyday if Tweety Bird couldn't fly. Wouldn't he? Think about it for a minute. If the kingdom is made up with certain safeguards for animals, 
And the safeguard for birds is that they can what? They can fly. Otherwise, they'd be doomed. Too bad for the chicken, though. Too bad for the chicken. The chicken, <laughs> chicken don't stand a chance, does he? He don't fly quick enough, does he? But he has another purpose in the world. But the bird, he can fly, and that gives him safety. To, so the word safe means to be set on high. Now, I need you to use your imagination here. Think about it this way, that, that I'm set on high. I begin to imagine what that looks like, to be set on high. And, and another way of looking at it is beyond reach. Think about that. To be beyond reach. How many of you ever, ever um, uh, used to get into fights, but you had one thing that was to your advantage in the fight? And that is they couldn't catch you. I've heard of many a story about him hitting somebody and running. <laughs> yeah, I got him. I got him. And then I tick off. Well, that's an advantage, isn't it? To be set on high. To be out of the reach of. And so if we begin to get these promises on the inside of us, the Bible is telling us that we're going to be beyond the reach that will be beyond the reach of. That it can't get to us. That we're safe in his care. I love that. That we are beyond the reach of the enemy. Safe. Beyond the reach. Set up on high. Look at this other scripture here. Or look at some other words concerning these, what we're looking at. So everything and everyone is way below the ability to reach those who are trusting in God. Everything and everyone are way below those who have the ability to go up with the Father and to go to that place that is unreachable by anything else. Trust, now this is a wonderful word that I've never, I've, I personally have never looked at the word this way before, but in the Hebrew the word trust means to go quickly or to make haste to refuge. To go quickly or to make haste to refuge. To be confident, to be sure. And so it gave me an understanding of what it means to trust God. And what it means to trust God is this. It means whatever the true source of our confidence is, is where we go to quickest and first. Think about it that much. Whatever we have our confidence in is where we go to quickly and where we go to first, where we make haste to. Just think about it. Think about it in all aspects of your life. If the first thing you go to when you are, 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 don't have money is to the bank, where's your confidence? It's in the bank, right? If the first thing you go to when you, and nothing wrong with any of those things, but if the first thing you go to when any type of calamity goes off in your life is to, to some other source 
other than God, then that's where our confidence is. If you get a cold and the first thing you go is get cough medicine, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with cough medicine, but I'm just saying that's where our confidence is. And so trust can best be uh, seen in what we run to, what we make haste to first. When all of this information hit about the, 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 the virus and everything, where did you go to first? What did you think about first? What did you consider first? Where was your security at? What did you make haste to? Obviously, a lot of people made haste to Sam's Club. Right? Nothing wrong with that. But a lot of people made haste to the, to the grocery stores or to the whatever because that's what they had confidence in. And I'm not speaking down on it. I'm just saying it's an indicator. It's an indicator. Whatever we make haste to. How many of us immediately took out the word and said, no, no. God is my refuge and my fortune. Psalm 91. You know? And that's how we get ahead of it. I remember, I remember when, uh, when, it was, when it was way over in another country, uh, maybe a month out, uh, uh, I got a call from uh, my friend, and he said at that point, he said, start getting yourself. Start meditating on the word of God concerning healing. And immediately. And this is a month out. Two weeks out, I sent you all a, um, uh, uh, an email saying, start meditating on Psalms 91. Is it not proving its place now? It, aren't you glad, that those of you that did, aren't you glad you began to meditate on Psalms 91? The first thing, we run to the Word of God. We begin to speak the Word of God. Now, we don't want to have spare tire faith, do we? You know what spare tire faith is? Only used in a time of need. We don't want to have that. We want to have, a sto- we want to have it stored up on the inside of us. So that, so that what spills out on us is the word of God. Now I want us to look at this story right here. So we know that trust is making haste to that which we find our, as our primary source. And, and that safety is being set up beyond reach and on high. Now, here's a wonderful story. I know you know this story, but I want us to look at it in light of safety and trust. Turn uh, to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse So this is the story of the, the, um, the, uh, the woman uh, in the town of Shunem, the Shunemite woman. And if you know anything about her story, she, um, she provided for Elijah, the prophet, as he traveled along the land. She, he actually created a prophet's quarters for Elijah. And, um, and then Elijah one day said, you know, uh, Gehazi, um, what, what, what does she need? You know, I want to do something special for her. 
So, so he had, um, he said, well, she doesn't, she doesn't have a child. She doesn't have a boy. He says, all right, tell her that uh, this time next year or whatever, uh, that she's going to have a baby. And, he, and she said, no, don't, be, don't joke with me like that. I don't, I don't need to be joked that way. He says, no, for real, you're going to have a child uh, in about a year. And so, indeed, she did. Now, here's where the story picks up. And I want you to see these, these principles of trust and safety and authority uh, worked out in this lady. It says, one day when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working in the, uh, with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. My father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home, and his mother held, held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. Now, notice what she did first. She made haste, didn't she? She made haste, and she took her son. She didn't murmur. She didn't cry. She didn't complain. She took her son, and she laid him on the bed of the man of God. All right? She didn't call all the people up and she didn't complain and she didn't cry and she didn't tell everybody that came by what has happened to my child. She didn't, no, she didn't do any of those things. Because she, she what is that going to help? What, how many of you know people who want to tell every sad story to you all the time? You just walk by them and they want to share a sad story about what has happened to somebody that they know or, or a child or, or something like that. What good does that do? What good does it do? And so she didn't do that. Sin, uh, so she, verse 22, she sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry, hurry, everybody say hurry, hurry, make haste to the man of God and come right back. That's trust, isn't it? That's, that's trust, isn't it? She hurried to the man of God and come to, and came right back. Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. Obviously, her husband was not the one that she could confide in, right? He, wasn't, he must have not have been in agreement here. Because she didn't talk to him about it. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry. Everybody say hurry. Don't say it to your neighbor. Just say it straight. Hurry. Don't slow down. Unless I tell you to. And as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her in the distance and he said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine or it is well. That's a whole different way of thinking, isn't it? Was everything factually well? No. Did she have every reason in the world to say, it is not well. I need you right now. She did. But she stayed in faith. I, I, I really want to admonish you all and everyone that will listen to this. Stay in faith. Don't use a circumstance as a means of getting attention for yourself. 
or sympathy or pity. Well, if I tell them this, they're going to draw attention to myself and people will, will, no, don't do that. She didn't do that. There's no value in sharing information that cannot change into good. And many times I really do believe that we use information as a means of gaining attention. But the consequences of that is we put some things into action. We put some things up. And for whatever reason, I don't know where she gained this information at, but, but I, I, think, I think when we are truly trusting, this is what we do. This is, is, we don't need necessarily a teaching on faith if we're really in faith. If we are really confident about that, then we already operate in that, that way. We already speak it because it's in the abundance of our heart. So here it is. She says, is everything all right you, with you, her, your husband and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi. Everything is fine. We should tell people around us, right? Are you okay? Yeah, everything's fine. And are we lying? No, we're not lying if we believe the word of God. Now, if we don't believe the word of God, then we're lying. We're faking it. We're not telling the truth. But if we believe the word of God, then everything is fine. But when she came into the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him, caught and hold his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. And then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get me uh, my hopes up? And then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elijah returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. And there was no sign of life. He turned to meet Elijah and told him, the child is still dead. Now, now, I find that interesting as well. Gehazi must have known something too, didn't he? How many of you all go to a funeral and say, well, he's still dead? I mean, think about it just for a minute. That, does, that's not, that, that language doesn't compute with us. Does He's either dead, dead, or not, right? He's not still dead. He's dead, right? But there was a hope in. There was hope in Gehazi. Like, you know, I've seen this dude do some stuff. I've seen Elijah do some things. So I'm not giving up on it. I know it didn't happen for me, but, but hey, Elijah, he's still dead. But I'm certain when you get here, uh, things will change. When Elijah arrived, the child was indeed dead. Lying there on the prophet's bed, he went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, his hands on the child's hands, and as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And then Elijah summoned Gehazi, called the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elijah said, here, take your son. 
She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. So to me, there are several things that told us about safety and trust. This boy died of some type of whatever, whatever took place in his head anyway. And she did several things I thought very right. First, she went straight to the source. Why'd she go to Elijah? She went to Elijah because Elijah was connected to God. And Elijah could have prophetically spoke and ministered. He already seen it. She knew he had, she had confidence in his ability to perform miracles. And so he went straight to her. She maintained her confession of faith. She didn't waver in what she said. And she believed it to the very end. And even Elijah, when he got there, he could have said, well, I, I tried. No. He maintained his faith. He maintained a steadfastness and immovableness and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I want you to notice here that what Elijah did, though he prayed to God, what did he do to the child? He spoke to the child and he ministered to that child as though that child was going to obey his words and obey his. And, and so we don't need to go to Elijah today. We have what Elijah has. We have a connection with God. We have the authority of being a believer. We, have, we are truly the body of Christ. So even if we get attacked, I want us to get it in our minds to speak to that thing immediately and dare not to change your confession. Dare not to say anything but what God says about your situation. And though it may not come back alive immediately, it will come back to life if you maintain your, your, your confession of faith. And don't give up on it. And, and as we close out this morning, ju just know that the world is looking at us. We are God's reference to the world. They want to see how we're responding, how we're talking. Are we afraid? Are we fearful? What are we saying out of our mouth? Are we allowing the, the coronavirus to, to get us to a place of hysteria and anxiety and fear? Do we do what we need to do? Yes, we wash our hands. Yes, we, we maintain social distances if we need to, but we don't walk in fear. We don't walk in fear. We believe what the Word of God says. And we act like it. We act like it's so. And we run to the word. Don't use this however much time you have. If you get some downtime, don't, don't use the, the whole time as, as, a, as a time to muse, to muse your mind, to veg on something. You know, nothing wrong with a good movie. I like a good movie, but don't spend 10 hours watching something that's not building us up. At least go one for one. At least go one for one. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. I don't know where I would be today if it were not for your word. 
I really don't know. I, I don't know where my mind would be. I, I'm certain that I would be in hysteria myself. I'm certain that everything about my life would be anxious and I'd be wrought up and, and fearful and, and making uh, decisions that, that based up out of my fear. But, but I'm so glad that you sent your word. I'm so glad for all of us here and all that will hear this message that you sent your word. And I pray, Father, that as we're doing this time, uh, that, that you, will, you will give us such a strong uh, desire, inclination uh, to be in the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the hunger of that deer that panteth before the water, our soul's hunger for you. And Father, I pray that you allow us, help us, help us to be the blessing to those who we come in contact with. To boldly proclaim what you have said, to pray for those who may be weary right now, may be fearful, to give them a reason for our hope. So we thank you for all of these opportunities. And Father, I thank you and praise you that this too shall come to naught. And it will move on. But as it was said last night, that we will reset. And we will refocus. And we will determine the things that are most important. Those things which are not seen. And we thank you, Father, for the rest of the Lord. You said in your word, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so we thank you for the rest of the Lord in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.